Ah, we're live. If you're here right now, I know I see there's two people right now in our uh, in YouTube. Let me let me set up the other space spaces here. All right, I got some. All right, I gotta see where this noise is coming from. It's not coming from me yet. That's good. <laughs> All right, so I see you over here. So if you're here right now, bear with me. I'm just <coughs> this, fixing this noise situation. What's over here? What's going on? Ladies and gentlemen, technology is funny sometimes. And right now, I have sounds coming from places that I don't even know where it's coming from. So, okay, I've turned it off on... on, on uh... All right. And I got music playing from... I don't even know where this music is coming from. <laughs> you got hat. They told you that... You said you were bringing uh, Brother Tyson back on the podcast. I swear, on, on the like, podcast. like, we just, like we just got hacked here. I said, I said, oh no, oh no, not Brother Tyson. All right, I'm going to do this. Okay, so I think I found where that one was coming from. All right, if you're here right now, tech is sucks sometimes because you can't control everything. But let me do this real quick. Let me uh, make sure I have LinkedIn is on and popping right now. Let me go ahead and set up for Twitter. Because we're streaming on LinkedIn, on Twitter. We're streaming on YouTube and as well as Facebook. So um, let me go ahead and put Twitter in here. So please bear with me. Y'all know I like to make sure that this is, done, is being done the right way. Got right here. And what's going on, on Twitter? Here we go. Twitter is on. All right. All right. Listen, you don't forget about that. Listen, if you're on Twitter right now and, you, and something's happening with Twitter where it's pushing audio through, so I don't know what's going on with that. So if you do me a favor, you jump on to um, YouTube and you go to um, um, UL and Joku, UL and Joku, or if you go if you go on to um, LinkedIn as well, I'm there. But let's let's not waste any more time, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday night. It's 10 p.m. It is October 19th, and this is the first episode of Ivy League Ivy League Hood Rats and uh. And it's funny because we're going to tell a story about how this even came up. I'm here with my brother, Archie Tyson. And um, Archie, please introduce yourselves. Yourself. I'm over here discombobulating with all these tech issues. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm one person. I'm not in a plural. I don't have a, I What's your pronouns? He, him, you know, his. You know, I, I, I'll take the pronouns, but I don't have a multiple personalities there. Uh, I'm not knocking the folks who possibly do. It's just not my medical diagnosis. I do have some other problems, though. Um, but um, 
glad to be back. Well, I guess I'm not back on the show because I was on uh, Sneaker Principal uh, podcast, but this is a whole different monster altogether. Um, Archie Tyson, uh, a humble servant, uh, uh, an educator, uh, worked in nonprofit uh, sector uh, of education, love kids, love families, love communities, love. Uh, being able to support and help people grow, uh, tinker, thinker, uh, like to exchange ideas, but also like to tell the truth. I'm too old, too fat, too black, too many degrees to be trying to <laughs> figure out uh, how to be someone else, you know. Uh, so, um, yeah, I, I, I say I, I, I'm an Ivy League hood, right? You know, I don't even code switch it. I just, uh, I, I, I do me. <laughs> Some days so I feel like suits and bow ties. Some days I feel like, you know, hoodies and jays, and I'm unapologetic about it all together. Let's, let's tell the folks here, how did this whole concept please, first come come to being? Do you remember when we uh, first talked about Ivy League Hoodrats, what was happening? I mean, no, no, refresh me. What, 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 was, what, what was happening? We were talking about, um, we were talking about our time at Columbia, and uh, I, I think we referenced the, the, the citizens in the com- in that community who were grabbing their bags when we would walk by because uh, uh, yeah, all of yeah. a sudden our program upped the population of colored folks in that building by a good uh, just, 20-30%. Let's, let's name it specifically. The population of black males, right? And, and specifically darker-skinned black males and larger black males with beards and dreads and uh, bald heads, you know, that had chains and earrings and tattoos. Um, you know, we showed up on campus and um, there was a, 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 I I don't know, hopefully this isn't racist, sexist, classes or whatever. But, uh, where I'm from, we just call it a Kung Fu monkey grip that people do on purses, right? Uh, when and it still happens to me today. Uh, <laughs> I'm, in Memphis for, I'm in Memphis right now at a... Uh, uh, Nice hotel in downtown Memphis. And I, I guarantee you, I mean, my support black colleges. It says support black colleges. So college educated is something. Yeah, somebody's going to do the do the grip on the purse there. But I, uh, it, it still happens, right? So it was happening to us uh, when 20, 2009, 2010. Yeah, that's a long uh, time ago. And I'm working on a doctorate now. And I, I, I would tell you. Uh, I'm on campus in my Jordans. It, it still happens. Uh, so I said it doesn't just happen in 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 spaces that are supposedly red or conservative or whatever. Nope, in the bluest of crystal blue spaces, um, people seem to grip their purses when they, you know, see me coming, and it's it's, it's fascinating. And I think we dug in because it was that story when I was in East Harlem walking in a uh, Brooks Brothers suit and I had a pink, uh, it was a tan suit with a pink, pink, tie. pink shirt, pink, bow tie, <laughs> bow tie, tie and all, and briefcase. And I'm walking down the street and the lady in East Harlem on a uh, second Avenue, not far from Ricardo's, grips her purse. Uh, it's not far from Jefferson House. It's like, oh, come on. You know, if I'm, just, if I'm robbing out here, I want to be you know, uh, conspicuous. I want to be able to blend in. Six six foot, three hundred pound, bald head, black dude in a, you know, Brooks Brothers suit. 
<laughs> can, you imagine, can you imagine calling the cops giving that description that description? <laughs> what do you have on what do you have on brogues? He had on brogues, some Tom Ford glasses, and the big torch hair was, and you gripping your you gripping your cheek face first. Uh, and one like, more thing, he had a big pink bow tie. Pink right. bow tie. You know, and, and so it's incidents like that where I say, you know, I I just choose to be myself. I'm not gonna be Ivy League the way you want me to be Ivy League. Uh, like I'm not going to be hood the way you want me to be hood because I'll be hood. You know, I guess I'm an Ivy League hood rat. Uh, so I I, I, I I wear it proudly. I brand it proudly. I'm all about education, uplifting yourself. And I, I've just gotten to the point where I just, I don't, I'm not putting on dress shoes. Yeah, you know, it, it's, it's interesting because I, um, to me, the fact that we're two you know, we grew up in two different spaces. I grew up in Los Angeles, you know, South Central LA, Inglewood. My brother here Inglewood. from Memphis, Inglewood. you know, and uh, we, red we, to <laughs> but you know what though, Inglewood is a bloodhood, so it's all good. But um, <laughs> not, promoting, not promoting gang violence for those people who are sensitive. But um, the fact that matter, we crossed paths and we became brothers at Columbia and um, at Teachers College, where we were uh, working on our masters in leadership. So, and eventually I became a principal, he became a principal and interestingly enough, you know, what about a year and a, a year and a half apart, we, we transitioned out of education. Yeah. 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 Well, I mean, we, we didn't transition fully out of education. No, no. Out we, of the we, school we, building. We, right. We transitioned out of the school building, which, you know, I have my thoughts and, you know, um, some people say I don't have feelings. That's a whole different day. Um, but, you know, I have my thoughts and feelings about, you know, black men that, you know, certainly are capable and able to serve as great principals and why we are walking. Because this is not us. I know several other folks that have walked away and have went to other careers or went to other spaces uh, in education. And it kind of makes me think, you know, what type of su more support is needed? Because everyone talks about how Oh, we need black males uh, teachers and black male principals. Uh, Seventy percent of the you know teachers are, are uh, uh, white females, right? And you know, and the members for black males are are dismal. But I'm just curious, like you know, some of the things I'm, I think I want to be researching in the future is you know, why are why what why is it so unhealthy for us? What are those expectations placed on us to to undo all of the isms and systems that create conditions that are absolutely grotesque that you know sometimes we're brought in as the lionized leader to solve so it, so it's, it's fascinating but we i don't think we we don't walk away from education i think we transition to be able to continue to serve communities and families in a different way uh and sometimes i always say uh deepening impact uh because i think from my post now and your, from your post now uh, we're we're not able to just uh, impact one local school community or you know one or two or three schools. Uh, we we, we kind of have the potential to be able to impact many many more communities, and I do think that uh, very much black men are also needed in those seats to make decisions. I've been rambling too long, brother. Yeah, but you <laughs> yeah, know what though? Yeah. I mean, but the thing the thing is that what you're saying is it's making me think about a couple of things. Number one. Um, how like we started this conversation talking about how we, we came to this title, you know, Ivy League hood rats, and because of the the reactions to to our presence in certain spaces. 
but I also think there's a, there's a re, there's a reaction to our to our presence in school building spaces and then other spaces as well because one of the things I, I was I've been I'm thinking about is like you know um having haven't been in the school building for 17 years and recently I had a conversation with somebody talking about how how I fell into leadership and it was it was for the wrong reasons because what happened is I got made a dean off off like you know off the bat like you know I think you'd be a great dean and I thought yeah, to myself at the moment like you know what yeah. wow I got a promotion but it wasn't a promotion yeah. Handle those colored children. Exactly. Right? You know how to handle them, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not going to show you how to be a great instructional leader. I'm not going to show you how to 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 uh, uh, run a school budget and set up operations, a program, this system. I just want you to handle those children that are, you know, that I don't want to build a relationship with. So, question because you know, <laughs> go ahead, go ahead. You know, when you build relationships with kids, they'll walk on water for you. They'll, they'll they'll walk through walls for you. Uh, if someone's bothering you on the street, they will swarm. I've seen kids swarm the new kid. Um, the new kid comes to a school and accidentally bumps into the wrong teacher. You don't know that that's their favorite teacher. They will defend you. It's about relationships. So you hire, oh, you want to bring the black guy in and say, oh, handle these kids that I don't want to build a relationship. So that's that's the cop out. How I always say, black men end up in these de- deans of discipline roles, and I and I've certainly been there, uh, culture roles, and nothing wrong with it. I think building strong community culture is absolutely critical. And yes. don't pigeonhole folks. Like you know, make sure that there are opportunities uh, to be able to to lead and continue to grow. And you know. Luckily, you know, uh, more, well, I don't know if more was so at the time, but like you knew intrinsically that there you had more to offer, more to give, but a lot of folks get stuck in these roles and then they don't know what to do. And I call it out, you know, especially at charters where folks sometimes are not encouraged to get certifications, right? And, I, and I'm not saying certifications are the all or be all, because sometimes, you know, that can be. Uh, certainly a problem with black and brown teachers all over the place. But um, when you don't encourage folks to strengthen their professional options, right, you really do pigeonhole them into just, you know, corral these black and brown boys and, you know, try and make sure they're not getting into air quote trouble because I don't want to build a relationship with them. Yeah. But at the same time, and, and, and would you agree at the same time, this, kind of cause a burnout with black men oh, yeah. with black with black males who are put in that position because now you become you know especially if you're not aware you become like you know the uh the not not the warden but like you know uh the uh what's the proper term what's that I, you're, you're that person who go ahead i'm trying, I'm trying to find I'm, the right word i'm i'm, I'm gonna take i'm gonna take it uh, back to uh eighth grade uh, or sixth grade, seventh grade, depending on what type of school. I went to school in the hoods. So I don't know when we read to give her, right? Some people read stuff early. I, I can't curse on here, right? <laughs> Let's try not to. <laughs> try not to. Okay, cool. If it slips out, you know, we'll apologize. We, we, can apologize. we can apologize for it. I'm working overtime. I must understand. I'm a doctoral student. I, you know, uh, uh, full-time, full-time work, and I'm full-time father, full-time father, five-year-old, four-year-old, one-year-old. So, um, okay, all right, I'm going to work at it. But I, I think that 
now I, I, I lost that train of thought. <laughs> so, so, so I was saying as, as the Dean becomes the, um, the only, the only way I can, the, okay, this is the closest, the closest description I have, and this might, this might be a poor description, but back in the day where you have that one Negro in the field that you were like, oh, you know yeah. what though, I'm going to give you a piece of chicken if you just keep them in the control. So he, yeah, so you yeah. become the internal snitch and everything yeah. that's wrong with that in that space. The dean becomes Hoffman Bob. You know, if y'all watch the, the black folk, y'all should know everybody. Everybody needs to go watch Life. You know, it just had every great exactly, comedian in it. Exactly. I don't know how they ever finished it, but Hoffman Bob. You know, Hoffman Bob. Bob. He was a prisoner. You know, and he and he, but he also uh, uh, had a title and a position. He even got to carry a gun because he controlled the gun line. Keep him in the gun line, boss. And, and, and that's honestly, again, about relationships. People don't want to build relationships with with students. And I say, and that's what I was going to say. Uh, sometimes in those type of roles, uh, you become the giver, right? You take on, and what happens with the burnout is you take on everything, all the emotion, all the pain. The lost students, their parents' issues, the evictions, uh, the kids that are hungry, the kids that don't have coats, uh, the kids that are making uh, uh, straight A's. Uh, that you take on all of that, and you, you and you can say that it doesn't impact you, but it does. Yeah. I mean, it, it it just absolutely does, and you know, um. It it, it 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 will burn it will burn you out. It's a lot to take on. And who's the gatekeepers? Who's watching the mental health of you know the black men that oftentimes occupy that role? Um, not many folks will let you burn out because you you can take it, right? We can take it um, because we're from the hood and we don't been through a lot of stuff. And oftentimes we do take it because we. I know what happens if these young men are not given an opportunity. I'm back here in my hometown in Memphis. I know people that are smarter than me, way smarter than me, right? And I'm supposed I'm I'm not supposedly I'm working on a doctorate in Columbia, right? I know people that are way smarter than me and serving 55 years in the federal penitentiary. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Right? I know people that's way yeah. smarter than me that I can visit not far from here. That are in a grave, didn't make it, right? So I know what happens if they don't. They're not given an opportunity. So I, as this young brother, whoever in the school, like I'm going to work and give everything I got, trying to ensure that I can save as many as possible, right? And it it, it is a tire it is a tiresome burden, and um, you know, yeah, it, it can absolutely cause, cause you to burn out. And, you know, especially when you're not taking care of yourself because you're literally taking care of kids and your work, you know that your work is life and death. I like the kid, one of, my, one of my favorite students on the planet was murdered in Baltimore City on September yeah, the 2nd, yeah. 2022. Tell me about that. Right. And, and our work is just life and death. We, we teach kids how to make good decisions in places that they got to be able to be quick and make good decisions because, you know, a bad decision one way or another can, it, it, it can be over with. So, you know, that, that alone, it, it can burn you out. I mean, it just, it just is what it is, but you know, it, it, when you get a college invitation, it's nothing like that. 
right? Especially for a kid that hated your guts and only went to school to actually prove you wrong. Go to school and be spiteful of, you know, me pushing you hard so long as you got that piece of paper that's going to allow you to have a different set of opportunities you might not necessarily have. So, um, but it's it's tiresome work. And if no one's watching and helping us to renew and refresh ourselves, yeah, we'll find ourselves very, very much uh, burned out and or not even paying attention to advancement opportunities. And that's just not fair. Not to mention that I just make the assumption that people are people underpay black people across the board. So we mm-hmm. got to fight for market value. So oftentimes, uh, folks that are coming from situations uh, are offered sixty thousand dollars for a position that they actually are, you know, they're doing eighty five, ninety thousand dollars worth of work. <laughs> but you're you're paying me significantly less than you're paying this person that's sitting as the uh, give me give me one of those give me one of those titles that folks have. You know, chief of chief of chief of strategy. That that charter school world. <laughs> charter right. school world, yeah. Some create, of create titles. Yeah. Some of them at, a lot of them at the, a lot of them at district offices have you know instructional facilitator. And I ask you to come to my class, and you can't teach. They, they you can't teach can't class. You telling me you can't take the kids how to find the slant height of a pyramid, and you're supposed to be the instructional facilitator for math. Well, what are we talking about here? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, and I, I, you know, I'm blunt, so I just call stuff out, right? Uh, I get. I want. I want to double. I want to double back um, real quick too. Uh, first of all, my condolences to you and 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 that young man's family in Baltimore. Um, the beginning of the of the 2021 school year, about a week before we started, we had a young man who was murdered in Brooklyn. You know, and this was a young man. This was the, the first student that I interacted with when I got to um my my previous school, the high school I was uh, that, that I just left, and. Um, when we returned to the campus during the pandemic for summer school, he was the first student that I saw as well. So, so um, and he he was shot in the head in in Brooklyn, you know, and just just ridiculous, you know, senseless situation. And uh, and what you're saying made me think about the fact that uh, I just remember when I heard about that, the weight of and pressure that put on my shoulders because as men who care about our students and about our communities. And we and we put we pour so much into of our of ourselves, even our financial resources to support families, yeah. to support young young people. And uh, I remember when when they told me that, I was numb. I mean, I was I just sat there because I was like, nah, it's, it's, it can't be, it can't be, it, it, it just can't be this young man. And um and I'll say his name, Anthony. I was like, it can't be Anthony. Like, there's yeah. no way in the world. And then yeah. um and I remember I remember um when it hit me. You know, it's exhausting. Because especially when you put in that role to be the <clears throat> the enforcer, then you be, but rather than being an enforcer, you become that spook that sat, sat by the door instead, and you know what you're doing. You're, you're building culture, you're building capacity, you're shifting things. And as I did in, in 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 the schools where I was a dean, but then I was fortunate because I I at least had somebody who's willing to see my capabilities and push me towards becoming an assistant principal push me towards becoming a principal but a lot of a lot of men don't get that they get they get pigeonholed in that position and they they get kept there until they, they that what should be a fruitful career becomes a you know what i can't do this no more you know because right. again it's, it's the, the the long i'm in the system the, the fewer brothers that i see who are making it you know two principalships two running schools two building authentic cultures 
And that's because when they get pigeonholed, you don't get an opportunity to run. Like I always say, well, when I when I get an opportunity to run my own school, I'm not going to do, you know, all, all the, the the straight line, let me make sure that you don't have any pizzazz personality or culture. And let me make sure that everything about you and your black culture and your black self is driven out of you. No, wear Jordans, wear brogues, wear Oxfords. Do not wear your J's. You know how how great it feels for a kid to have a brand new pair of J's. If I pull my foot up right now, I got a pair of black, red, and white J's on it. I feel great. Why? Because I'm from the hood. It's like if you don't get it, I mean, I'm not gonna take a thesis. I'm not gonna write a thesis and make you understand what that means to folks. But a crispy pair of day, if you don't get the expression where I'm saying crispy, I, right? I just do the, that's my substitute because you're not, uh, when people find out you, you're working on a, you're working on a doctorate at Columbia. Oh, oh, I get the double O. That's what I call, oh, oh. So I, in return, I just go. Do you ever get the, uh, which, which Columbia? <laughs> do you ever get that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I definitely, I definitely get that because you know, again, I sometimes I'll sound like I'm in the city and I rhyme my vowels, and then sometimes I just, what, what's going on, man? You know, like, but that's that's just me. But I, I think that you know, again, it's kind of getting back to what we we're saying. Like I said, when I, I, I get a chance to run my school, I'm going to do things different. I want kids like I'm the first day of first day of classes. Kids thought they were going to get all the rules shot at them. Like, no, nah, we're going to do an activity called hearing student voices. Everybody break up across the school. Go to, go with in small groups with this adult. And like, here goes some topics and questions. And we're just going to talk. What are your dreams? Yeah. Do you dream? Like, do you dream? You find out kids want to be train conductors. Kids want to be architects, and you find out that some kids want to be uh, 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 underwater welders. You're like, what? Like, what did you even? They saw it on the Discovery Channel. So I, I'm like, we we need more folks to make it out of positions and not get burned out, so they can have the opportunity to do things differently at their school. Right, you be the leader and you do things differently culturally. Right, uh, I used to argue with my former boss quite consistently on Fridays. No, I'm not taking the sneaker component. No, like we're gonna keep that. Oh, I don't like you know when people in believe really believe in this black excellence politics, which is a load of crap because it doesn't matter how my cocoa skin is going to lead. No matter, it, it doesn't matter if I would have came on this podcast in a, in a beautiful suit. You know, pinstripe blue, crispy white shirt, you know, polka dot tie. Go on, you know, nice cufflinks and, you know, I could have shaved my whole bit. It doesn't matter. My cocoa skin is going to show up first, right? So if you're worried about me wearing a suit and some Jordans in the boardroom, then that that's on you, right? Because, again, I already said I'm too old, too fat, too black, <laughs> too many degrees to be, you know, trying to be someone else at this point. Right. Uh, and I'm not going to I'm not going to be incarcerated by capitalism, I'm not going to be incarcerated by, you know, all this right here. Nope. Uh, I'm not going to be incarcerated by the super woke liberal mob, you know, who 
wants to uh what is uh, yeah this is where it gets interesting for folks because yeah I'm, i very much believe in diversity equity inclusion and uh will fight for it to tooth and nail and woke liberal mob slow down relax slow down relax when you start to sound as crazy as the you know magna trumpians like we we have a problem because you need to admit also that you're contributing to toxic polarization in the country Right, um, we're the toxic polarization. We're at an interesting bubble. If you look at the stats, if you look at what was going on in the country before the Civil War, it's it's kind of scary, right? And again, when folks on the left are contributing, also in the same way the folks, on, well, in a different way, the folks on the right, are, you know, you don't get an opportunity to have a, a have a conversation there. Um, and plus, I always say the super super woke liberal left, they don't they don't want me to live next door half the time either. <laughs> right, or true. they don't want me. They don't want me and you to live next door. One or two, you know, dark skinned Coco families, you know, that you know play rap music and you know, I, you know we drive a Volvo. Right, <laughs> I'm blending in pretty well with a Volvo. Right, uh, you know, I don't get pulled over by the police in the Volvo. You know that, right? Uh, that's a whole. That, we'll, we'll talk about cars. Yeah, we got to talk about that. the police in a whole other episode. Somebody was like, "What?" They're going out to get a Volvo. I'm not endorsing Volvo in any way. I'm just saying, like, uh, for some reason, I haven't been pulled over by the police in this Volvo ever. And this is like a record for me. When was the last time you heard somebody talk about their Volvo in a rap song? (laughs) This is an experiment I've been running. I got into 21. It's an experiment, right? We got rid of that black Mercedes truck that had black windows. Uh, got a Volvo, same black tinted windows, same percent. I have never been pulled over in this Volvo. I'm so if you're listening, so if you're listening right now, if you're listening right now, and you 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 you're trying to uh, never get pulled over again, get a Volvo. <laughs> but when I know, when I know, a Volvo. Black black people, black people from the hood don't drive Volvos. I, I mean, I'm just you, I don't, I don't think I've ever seen know, a Volvo in the hood. In my, in my hood, you know, we used to joke that if you got a Subaru, you get your, you get your black car revoked, right? But guess what you're not going to get pulled over by? Please. I'm like, you idiot selling drugs. Never mind. I'm not going to even say that. But <laughs> and I'm just like, y'all riding around and escalating to get pulled over by federal folks. I'm just like, if you're black in a Subaru, you just never get pulled over. They just assume that <laughs> they assume that you're <laughs> you fully assimilated into they're like, listen. Uh, only Carlton could be in that. Was- only Carlton could be in that car. There's no way in the world that's not Carlton. <laughs> but this is, it's so crazy. It's just true. Like you can again. I can go get rid of this XC90 today and go get a GMC Denali that might cost somewhere in the same price range or whatever. You'll get pulled over. I'm gonna get pulled over. I'm gonna get pulled over. I guarantee. This is. I'm running the experiment. You know, I do these little side experiments just to see how long you know. Things can go, and you know it's 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 interesting there. So you know, um, um, people on Ivy League are like, "Wow, like how did they get to the ball?" <laughs> like, yeah, they're like, "What are you talking about?" So real quick, if you're listening right now, and, you know, uh, this is you know this, this is the first episode of the uh, Ivy League Hood Rats. Myself, Uche and Joku, my brother Archie Tyson, um, both graduates of Columbia University, where we did our our, uh, our master's work in education leadership. My brother's there doing his doctoral right now, and I'm actually an applicant right now, trying trying to join, trying, trying to get back into that space. And 
I don't know. Sometimes I see him a little stressed. I'm like, I don't know if I want to do a doctor's anymore. <laughs> like that's that sounds Man, like a lot of work. It, but but you but you got to do it, right? I always say, where are our ancestors' wildest yeah. dream. Well, for me, I'm ancestors' wildest dreams. And if I told my grandmother before she went on to the next place that I, I don't even need the doctor for my job right now, but I told my grandmother before she went to the next place that um, um, I would do it. And if she chopped cotton in the Mississippi cotton field from can't see to can't see with mosquitoes, snakes, scorpions, and everything else out there in blistering heat, uh, if you ever actually pull cotton, you know it cuts your fingers up because those bulbs are sharp. If she did all that, <laughs> I'm sure, and this is, it spread this word for all these lazy folks who, this is too much, it's too hard, just not the other. You're not the first person. You're not the first single mom with three kids is working two jobs that don't did mm-hmm. a, a doctorate. You're not the first dad who's had to sit and spend, you know, Sundays instead of watching football, working on, you're not the first and you're not going to be the last. But just in comparison to the experience that my grandmother had, my grandfather had, and my other grandparents had, chopping cotton and I can't, I, I, I'm eating well and light. And all I have to do is read some books and write some papers and do some thinking, do some talking. And I don't have to, you know, be out here in a hundred degree cotton field sharecropping. You know what? I got, so I got, I got to pick it back on that because you know, you know my story, you know, my, my, both my grandfathers were yam farmers in West Africa. So again, you know, digging, digging that earth under the British colony and all that other stuff and civil wars and everything else. So you're right. Listen, reading a, reading a couple hundred pages is light work, <laughs> light work to compared to what they did to make to ensure that I can even be here right now. So, facts. I mean, I I, I, I forget where um, um, I was in at an event in D.C. It was the International Boys School Coalition event. My former school was a member, and um, Randall Kennedy talked about uh, micro. Uh, I don't know. It was a conversation that popped up with microaggressions. He was very frustrated. Uh, and for those who, know, those who don't know Randall Kennedy, brilliant um, um, lawyer, uh, law professor, I think he's a law professor at Harvard um, um, still, but um, he was just terrified, like younger folks, you know, that all these microaggressions bother them. It's like when he, he was in school trying to make it through, there were microaggressions, there were macro in your face aggressions mm-hmm. and macro in your face, racism, classism, sexism, like, and they had to figure out a way to push through. And it's like, where is the resiliency? One little microaggression by a professor and you're ready to quit. People are falling apart. If, if, if we literally quit every time somebody ripped their purse, I, I've had people run from me in New York City at the train station at night. I've had people speed walk away from me while I'm <laughs> on campus at the university in an ID clip to my like, you know, like if I quitted every microaggression, like, you know, are you serious? And your grandmothers and our grandfathers out here, you know, and nothing wrong with being a yam farmer. That's de- definitely honorable la- laboring, but like are you serious? Like, yeah. all I gotta do is read some books and write some papers. I can't do that to at least honor them. Come on now, what are we talking to about the, here? To, to further that legacy. 
to for, to further that legacy and just you know take it places where they didn't get a chance to like exactly. they didn't get a chance to do it. I mean, I was at Ida B. Wells' the statue earlier down here in Memphis. And just shout out to everybody in Memphis that worked hard to get the statue of this black woman who sounded the alarm bells a hundred and some years ago about all the lynches that were taking place. Documented all of them. Um, it's, it's, it took a hundred years for her to get a statue in Memphis after they ran out of town. Um, but you know, um, just reminded of just the tremendous work and risk that so many people took, um, and, and including, um, uh, the sisters out there took in trying to ensure that we had the opportunity to, to you know, take it all the way and try and be someone's wildest dream. So. Why not? You know, like why not honor that that, that legacy? So I think is how many how many statues of black women you could Google it, but I know like the three that I'm aware of: Harriet Tugman, which you know we took pictures outside right, of yeah, right in Harlem. We, we graduated right in Harlem. We graduated. Uh, um, you know, they thought we were a gang out there. <laughs> that was that <laughs> yeah, was funny. Too, thought, many, too many black men walking together. Yeah, but the funny thing was, uh, <laughs> what, what were we carrying? <laughs> Red no, sunflowers. <laughs> yeah, we were carrying, we were carrying, yeah, flowers that we we put in her statue just to honor her uh, before our graduation. And uh, yeah, they, they called the police and thought we were a gang. Car, cars like, are slowing wow. down. Like these they were wearing suits with flowers. Flower toting brothers in suits. Oh my God, we thought we eradicated all of them with when Brother Malcolm was killed, but nope, they're back. Uh, so yeah, that was interesting. But like, yeah. Um, so Fannie Lou Hamer is down in Ruleville, okay, uh, about that Mississippi. One. So yeah, uh, Great State of Mississippi you know, has a has a, um, um, a statue of Fannie Lou Hamer down in Ruleville, uh, down in her hometown. And for those who don't know Fannie Lou Hamer, you should know her. Shame on you. Shame on you. Don't be one of those brothers that don't you know know the sisters. You know uh, what's the what is that big fancy word people like to use? Uh, undergirt. <laughs> so this is undergirted everything that was happening. So, uh, but you know, it, uh, it just reminds me there's so many people that uh, we know that we we should feel like we owe, but just so many more people that uh, we 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 should honor, and, uh, and so many of our own personal ancestors that uh, we we need to just honor by trying to be the best versions of ourselves and continue to deal with all this craziness out here, but be the best version of ourselves, and, you know, make sure that we take it all away uh, because they certainly may not have had those opportunities there. Well, that's what I meant. So, so you brought up, you, you brought, first of all, before we move forward, listen, if you're listening right now, you already know the deal. If you want to join in this conversation, you just want to drop a word, whatever the case may be, you can jump on by typing into you, the URL, tinyurl.com slash TSP dash video dash guest. And you will be forwarded right into this conversation. You don't have to show your face, but I know some of y'all are scared, you know, because you don't want to get in trouble with your, with your principal, your administration, wherever you may be. But listen, and if you want to be on the camera, you can, ju you can join us with that either way. You know, we respect your anonymity. But also, if you're struggling with technology, you can shoot me an email at ask at thesneakerprincipal.com and, and just put in there, you know, I have something to say and I'll, I'm checking my email right here. And if you want me to call you, we'll call you into the, into, into the episode. So again, free, feel free to jump on and join us anytime you want. But question. Who's firing talking, people? Uh, oh, oh, bro. Who's firing people? <laughs> listen, listen. Get I'm, your okay. principal in a minute. I, I, I'm like, are y'all crazy? Like, do not let anyone in 
Like everybody is hiring right now. But listen, listen, outside listen. Of education, but education is tripping. Yeah, but they, they're tripping right now. New York. Yeah. yeah. Y'all skip leave it off. There are races down there in Alabama. Uh, have you been around New York? Um, um, have you called a restaurant lately to get a reservation? Ask a black person what voice they use. <laughs> right. Oh, my name is my name is up. I can't even say Uche and Joku. They, they, that flag. I'm like, you know, this no, is, no, no, this no, is no, Larry. No. Larry. Larry. Larry McWeathers calling calling call you for a reservation. Sometimes I pull the. I'm calling on behalf of Archie M. Archie M. Tyson. Um, calling from his office. Uh, he needs to make reservations for important clients. And then all of my agents show up at Keene Steakhouse or uh, Peter Lugas or something. It's, okay. It's, it's interesting. Hold on, hold on, hold on. You know, we got a story to tell. We have a story to tell. The year was, two, what was, it? was that 2010, 2009? At the Princeton Club? When me, you, oh. you know, um, Carland and Kevin, who else was there? Yeah, Rashid, we, we brought, yeah, we, uh, we went to the Princeton yeah, Club. Uh, and for those of you who don't know what Princeton uh, Club is, this is all the Ivy Leagues have their own alumni club, clubhouses. And so happens that Columbia, and, and at that point, Columbia and Princeton shared the same clubhouse. So I became a member because my bougie self had, just, had to, had to, just had to do it. And not only that, I had to do it also for my yam former grandfathers who would never get a chance to step foot in the in the Princeton Columbia Club, right? So my first invitation was to my brothers, who are all classmates of mine at Columbia. Archie, what was happening while we were talking? Oh man. <laughs> As we I sat mean, in the restaurant. It, what kind, what was, kind of music were they playing? It, 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 hold on. Did they, did I gotta they laugh at change? it. Now. We walked in there. They were playing. They were playing like classical or jazz or something right. like that. We sat down. All of a sudden, to... it was Biggie playing and Major Blige. I was right. like, "What?" Yeah, yeah, that, uh, yeah. You you are right because all of us were kind of talking, kind of stopped. Like, <laughs> is that Major the music here? So I was like, "The DJ is upstairs." Like, yo, 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 yo. I'm about, I'm about to make them like, like they finna turn around and look and know that we yeah, we see you, dog. We see. I'm normally not allowed to play this. <laughs> Right. Yeah, but play, the, but the know, funny we'll... the funny thing is this. First of all, I'm sitting there and I was just like, "What's going on?" Because you know they're not playing no kind of hip hop at the Princeton Club. That's not happening. And I'm thinking to myself, "Oh shit, okay." We just docking the place up. So somebody, in my opinion, I thought I, I was thinking to myself like, "Yo, somebody got jokes now." You know, I'm not listen. I love Mary J. Blige. I love my hip hop and R and B. But uh, Archie, I've been to that place so many times. I've never, not once, heard R and B or hip hop ever played. We rolled up in there deep, tattoos, chains. We we didn't roll up in there. Oh, we didn't roll up in there how they wanted us to roll up in there. I said this to a class of students um, at the principal camp. I probably got in trouble for it. Uh, well, I didn't get in trouble for it, but I forgot that you know sometimes people want to set the standard of ensuring that uh, folks have their professional dress because I do do agree that have put in the work, right? Don't just go show or say Tyson said, show up and dress how you want to. No, that ain't what I said, right? Put it, put in the work so that if you decide that, you know, I'm going to abandon Jordan's or I'm just, I'm going to Dashiki's and another brother, Dr. Barnes, like he wears Dashiki, he wears dress, he ain't wearing nothing else, right? 
Um, um, I almost went that route. I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, and I got started missing my suits, but I don't miss my Jordans and all that stuff, my Yeezys and all that. But and somebody's gonna comment about, oh, you said Yeezys and go down the Kanye West path. Uh, <laughs> if you if you don't have any brothers and sisters and you lose your mom who you love and adore, and you write a song inside and says, uh, 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 I went through deep depression when my mama passed, suicide. What kind of talk is that? Just know that's a call yeah. for help, and people, you yeah. know need help. That doesn't take away from your creative genius. That doesn't take away your ability to make money, but just think about it. I, regular old me, I should probably be in therapy. They just told me that I was uh, what is that, uh, impervious to psychiatric probing. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that even mean? I just said, I look, I'm from the hood. Like, don't give me no, don't give me no advice that you know doesn't fit for my particular circumstances. He said impervious. You're impervious to psychiatric therapy. It's you know, the norm because our you know white dominated European cultural. The norm is to write everything based off of its relation to white, especially white maleness. So this manual isn't necessarily written for the problems that are uh, 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 that that I may be facing as a little black boy coming up in the hood of Memphis, right? Uh, and certainly it is not written for the kind of problems that I may be facing as a black man trying to navigate the holes and just the spaces of you know these predominantly white institutions, and in particular Ivy League institutions, right? Uh, oh, I've just been to Columbia. I've also done a certificate at Harvard, and you know, had a uh, people like, oh, damn, he, he might be halfway, halfway decent, uh, <laughs> brother, <laughs> right? Uh, but I always say, like, what shaped me? Uh, my, I started out in college. I was in Morris Brown before they lost their accreditation stuff. So I went to uh, um, HBCU, and then I ended up going and finishing out at Grinnell College, a small liberal arts college in the middle of Iowa. Right. So, oh, yeah, I've been all over the place and I love it. Right. It gives me perspective. <laughs> right. I get up close and get to, you know, see people in different uh, types of settings and environments there. Um, but, you know, uh, there's they don't write books or these large manual books that have traditionally been written and that's not necessarily had us in mind. In recent years, yes, more work certainly has been been done. Um, but, you know, it's kind of like when, you know, uh, what is this, the, when iPhone and stuff first first popped up and came out. Oh, that was a picture of my lovely wife there. Uh, shout out, Shanette. Better half. Definitely my better half for all those who know me personally. Um, um, you know, FaceTime struggled to catch darker skinned people and open the phone. Because <laughs> the algorithms weren't written. Yeah. The people were literally designing. That's a part of my job now is to ensure that, you know, products and services are we're thought about accessibility and all these things are thought about on the front end. Uh, but, you know, in a lot of industries and spaces, we're still not thought about in the design process. And, you know, we're taking, it's like going to the doctor, right? If everything you learned in medical school and the norm was based off of how it reacts to white people of a certain age, and you're trying to give me advice about blood pressure, you don't know how black people like what we eat, what like, like dietary how are you things, get yeah. nutrition like you know, like you need to kind of have some understanding. It's as simple as uh, what was the story with the with the uh, uh, neonatal nurse uh, and why she said it would need more black representation in in healthcare because uh, 
the white nurse left the room and she was about to she was writing up a psych uh order uh for a black lady who a uh, single mom i think who was uh, in the delivery room um and she said why are you writing it up and she said oh she keeps doing this right here to her head <laughs> she keeps hitting herself in the head and the black was like okay stop what you're doing that's how we we have our hair done that's how we're trying to scratch our head because we don't want to you know it's just that simple right she just didn't know but she was about to write a psych order and send a black mom who's trying to give birth to the psych ward to go get birth because she misinterpreted something that's you know very much would be easy for a 10 year old in a black community yeah. to point out so but it's you, funny you because need people yeah. in different spaces but it's funny because as i'm hearing that i'm thinking about like you know um how that re- reflects itself in schools and the classrooms when when little black and brown black and brown kids say they say certain things or do certain things that I wouldn't even blink at twice because I'm just like I know what that means you know you know maybe they use language and it's like okay that was not meant to be an insult or offense it's just language that's culturally relevant and then all of a sudden that kid's in detention or that kid's getting suspended and mm-hmm. then then also that made me think about our earlier conversation that we start we start off offline about uh Deion Sanders and Jackson State and now how how uh there's this new like fear that oh my god all of a sudden all these black kids who would go to Iowa State who would go to you know Alabama and and all these you know top programs USC and now we might lose them because you know <laughs> you know because now Dion is, is creating these spaces where the colleges are think black colleges are thinking like you know what why don't we just bring in you know some of our NFL stars to come coach for us and and attract kids back to uh, the HBCUs you know but it's it's interesting because again those lack of understanding like you said that young man chose um um Hunter he chose he chose um Jackson State because of what one experience he walked in, he walked in during homecoming and saw homecoming. black people having a great time. Is you know enjoying themselves, the barbecue, the football, the band, the major breasts, and the, and the, uh, the, uh, the, the the sororities and I, and and and, and fratern- like you know just enjoying themselves and you know let some stories be told. Folks don't come together, congregate, and enjoy themselves, educate folks in that way. Uh, and I think that, you know, it's not just Dion. I mean, Eddie George is there at Tennessee State George, and other yes. folks are certainly, you know, I, I think that, yes, it's a bit of a renewal because folks need to understand that you have, uh, I never forget one of my friends who had full a full ride back in there. I'm not going to call her Max. She in Memphis. Uh, she ended up going to Spelman, but she um, uh, she went to Spelman. She had full rides to everywhere. Like she scored like a 34 or something on ACT. She's absolutely brilliant. People are like, why you choose Spelman? Why do you go like to Yale or the Rice? All these people gave her full scholarships. And like, I need to go where I'm going to be welcome and I'm going to be seen as a full person and human being and not just looked at as an affirmative action, baby. And true enough, if I'm at certain PWI, and I always say this when uh, you know when I'm at a predominantly white institution, yeah, I, I am affirmative action, baby, because it opened the door 
and made it possible for me to be here, but it has nothing to do with my merit and or intelligence. And oftentimes what I found, you remember what we found in our, I'm not going to go there, but let me just say that oftentimes when you're in certain programs, you'll notice that, oh, this black person right here, they went to Harvard. This person went to Rochester. This person went to Amherst. That person went to Morehouse. Oh, this person went to Grinnell. Oh, that person went to McAllister. Oh, that person went to Stafford. Oh, that person went to Emory. Oh, that person went to Hampton. And then it'll be other folks in there, and these are black folks that you read, or other folks that like, oh, and nothing wrong with, you know, know, I'm just saying like black folks have been to elite schools because we know we got to work two or three times as hard to get half as much. And then other folks in a program can barely write but they're in there, right? But looking at you, like you're the affirmative action, baby, when in reality, <laughs> like like you're the person in there that, you know, you're coming and I don't want to down nobody's school or create a pecking order, but like, you know, let's be real, <laughs> right? Stafford carries a hell of a whole lot more weight than, I don't know, Long Island University. It no, does. I mean, it, no, it's, it's facts. It's facts. There's an expectation that if you got into Stanford, went to Stanford, and got out of Stanford, that you should have be in possession of some knowledge or some skill set that's gonna like. Is there's an expectation yeah, that that sets right? you and apart? That's what, and, and schools, you know, build their reputation based off of what their alumni do, right? One of the marching things that Grinnell always is known for is like they produce PhDs. Well, such a small school, so many alumni go on and get advanced degrees. It's 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 because you know one of the mantras is you're gonna learn how to write. If you don't do anything else, you're gonna be a critical thinker. You're gonna know how to write. Um, so you know uh, it's it's but for, yeah, I'm here because of affirmative action, but it has nothing to do with who I am. But I think that folks are starting to decide to go back to HBCUs and start to restore some of the luster that HBCUs lost in the post board, you know, Brown v. Board and post civil rights and black power movement era, you know, late 70s going into the 80s and certainly 90s, there was a decline. But I think, um, go, you're young, black and brilliant. And, you know, go, 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 go to school where it suits you best or where you're going to, you know, be able to thrive. And if you've been completely and totally brainwashed into thinking that you cannot get a great education uh, and, uh, from an HBCU, then, you know, you, you, you've been sold, you've been sold fool's gold. Yeah. I was with my wife um, and we were in a Target randomly around the corner from my house. The pharmacist, she was black, she was young. I shot up to her, you know, because everybody's my step cousin, step cousin syndrome. And I said, I bet you went to HBCU. She said, how you know? Because I said, because it's easy. The math is easy. Most black pharmacists went to HBCUs. If the black, if the pharmacy schools at HBCUs didn't exist, you have a whole lot less yeah. black pharmacists. And it, it has nothing to do with intelligence and being able to graduate. You go to a program and you're treated, I got a curse, you treat it like shit. You treat it like a second class citizen. You're expected to fail. 
uh, folks don't s- support you and you're receiving micro and macro aggressions at every turn, you know, some people are able to push through that, right? Uh, some people hit back. I hit back and I have a little fun with it. But some people, they they shrivel up and they yeah, need fall apart. to be in an environment where they can thrive. So, you know, that that's my take and shake on it. I'm like, more power to you, Dion. Elevate that. And, and yes, uh, Jackson State is a state school, so it should have the same facilities that Ole Miss and Mississippi State has. What's wrong with saying that? It was a shocker to people. But it's the truth. <laughs> like, yeah, what, what mean- are we talking about here? What, what's what's her name from um the the sister from um I should know her name I don't know I just forgot she was in Brooklyn work, uh, wrote for the New York um, for the Atlantic and then ended up uh, get screwed over at uh, Duke and then ended up at Howard and took took the money with her Nicole uh, um, is it Nicole Nicole uh, the, 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 the sixteen nineteen project come on my brain is, my brain is not, my brain is not firing up right now it's been a tumultuous week but yeah I, I know exactly yes Nicole's 1619. It's going to bother me. Nicole Hannah Jones. You know? Yes. Another example of something in, the, in, in that vein brought a tremendous amount of money to Duke. But you're not good enough to get tenured. But other garbage professors are getting tenured. You know? And what she do? She took her money. She took her right. talents with her to, uh, to, to Mecca. Well, it's... when when you are not valued at market value, or if you're not valued as a full, equal human member of society, and you're dealing with some people, not all people in any stretch of the means, right? But you deal with some people that are very much interested in a restoration and a maintenance of an old order of things that that does not include a vision of black people, women, people that are LGBTQ plus, like they don't, if they don't see you as a full human being and equal, why, why would, why should I, you know, grant you tenure at our university? You know, it, it, I mean, it's it's almost like you remember in football camp. I mean, they don't do this no more. <laughs> but when we were like playing in high school and like, so like it was always like people's jobs to make try and make people quit. Right. That's, that's why they invented the bull ring. The bull ring. That's I what they better that. Make, right. I wanted to make you quit because if you're in the playoffs and you don't want to put in the work to to you know be able to not quit in the fourth quarter overtime, I'd rather for you to quit, you know, the beginning of the season, right? Um and if you're willing to put in the work, I'm gonna roll with you to, you know. I'm still the closest with guys that I played ball with. Everybody else in high school, college, I was halfway forget. Oh yeah, oh yeah, I know, I remember you. But the guys I played ball with, because they were will, we were willing to put in the work together. And the problem is, even when we're willing to put in the work together in certain spaces, people still want give us the, give us the leeway 
to be, or people still won't see us as an equal. We're all, you know, we're going to be branded as the uh, outcast and not to say all predominantly white institutions are that way. Um, but, you know, let's be real. Some are that way. Right. The institution itself. Some it's the professors that very much guard this old way. Right. Because, you know, our livelihoods and our industry counts on it. So, you know, it's it's it's, it's one where sometimes you gotta you know kick kick in a door and make a door where there was no door and then sometimes you just need to say no i'm gonna take my talents to south beach (laughs) or take my talents to where i'm gonna be respected and i'm gonna be honored and i'm gonna be treasured and i'm not gonna be stressed and i got again i'm too fat too black too ugly too too many degrees to be dealing with this exactly i don't know i've been on my biggest i've been on my biggest miles lately i just said you know uh, uh, I, I miss that guy. Who else could make fat, black, ugly guys <laughs> like sexy, like for a short period of time? Yeah, big, know? black, and ugly uh, as fat, ever. Fat, black, and ugly as ever. <laughs> However, I stay, you know, and then you know my favorite you stay down to the socks. History. I know my, my 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 Memphis folks are getting mad at me, you know. But uh, I'm just like birthdays, one of the worst days. Now we drink okay. champagne Pain when we're thirsty. I mean. I mean, <laughs> and so anyway, they're like, when, when did you come with the biggie? I, I, I don't know. I just been on my biggie. Uh, but I mean, I mean, move yeah. where you feel, feel, feel respected. Move where you feel respected, where you can find some semblance uh, of peace if, if you can. And, you know, again, if uh, uh, you continue to struggle that way, you know, I always think about just, hey, finding you some property in West Africa, or Barbados, or, Antiques, just get out of Dodge if that's what you got to do. But you know, uh, have a plan. You know, Beyonce got y'all like, I really won't kill myself. Have a plan. Plan that out. Don't quietly quit on kids. Don't do that. But if you're gonna yeah. leave, be strategic. Be strategic and have a plan to make sure you and your family are okay. And know it's all about your wellness. If you are not well, you're not serving kids in school anyway. You think you are. You think you're doing a great job, but you're not. If you're not well, let's be. And I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred on that. I agree with you on that because, and even the notion of well looks like looks different to different people, and and not being well looks different to different people as well. And and often we we press on in spaces that we and we stay way too long to become bitter, and we, and, and we don't even realize it. And, and we're spewing at kids. We're spewing at people around us, you know. And that's something that that we need to really take care of. And I, I and I felt like I had to jump out, jump jump ship from where I was because I start I started to feel that. Like I was starting to feel like, okay, wait a minute, this don't feel good. This don't feel safe anymore, you know. And um and that's something that's very very important, you know, to make sure that that you know you're taking care of yourself and you're making like I love what you said. Have a plan and make the decision that's best for you, so you so you're healthy. You know, because if you're not healthy and you're in front of kids, I'm telling you, you're going to hurt kids. Uh, again, if you find yourself not laughing, like, I, again, people that know me know I, I, I enjoy, you know, laughter. I enjoy black boy joy and just ensuring that kids um, just get a chance to be, you know, I think maybe I talked about before and um, um, who was that? Dr. Derek Nelson uh, and, and, uh, an article, um, you know, talks talks about uh, uh, black uh, boyhood being uh, unimagined and un- unimaginable and unimagined, right? 
Um, yeah, like give kids spaces to be kids and they mess up and you laugh with them and learn with them and grow with them and know that your kids, a kid that you had in seventh grade might have been nutted in a fruitcake. Um, but what was that uh, principal in Brooklyn? Um, I visited school. I think it was the Eagle Academy said, oh, we wake kids out. Right. Sometimes you got to wake kids out. Because if, 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 my, if my people hadn't waited me out, I promise you, I would be, you know, I, I wouldn't be, if I hadn't been waited out, I wouldn't be sitting here as a husband, as a father, uh, uh, as a doctoral student, as a VP of the company. Like, I wouldn't be, I, I, yeah, I, they had to wait me out because <laughs> I did some crazy stuff, right? And, uh, yeah, um, Make sure you know if you if you're in there, you you continue to laugh. If you don't find yourself laughing, don't be afraid to get the help you need in order to be uh, successful. And I'm not advocating that uh, you step away, um, but you know if you find yourself needing to make a change, uh, don't be afraid to let go and make that change. And then also, don't be afraid to be unapologetically um, yourself. That doesn't mean that you have to go off the deep end with super radical, you know, this that and the other, um, but uh, no, you need to be yourself and be authentic and make sure that kids know it's it's okay. And I think uh, I always have fun when I'm walking through an airport or I'm uh, I'm going to a plant or something like that. And, uh, you know, you walk through the airport in the middle of the day, all these people are in suits and, you know, I'm, I'm in a suit and then the kid looks down and see like the, uh, uh, the, the, the AJKO uh uh, campus uh, uh, orange on uh, off white on cream jays, and they're like, "Yo!" And they're like, "What do you do?" <laughs> right? And we just have a little mini conversation. <laughs> they're like, "Yo, okay, I see this brother in a suit, and he got the you know plain sneakers coming through here, and he got a little orange accent." You know, have fun and enjoy, and make sure they know that. Make sure folks know that it's okay to. Hello. Okay to be you. So right now it's eleven oh six, and um, I think it's time for us to wrap it up. You know, um, you know, some of us got to be working, working, and working in the morning. But um, before we jump off, I just want to do this. You know, final words. You know, from uh, from brother brother uh, Archie, and then follow from me. But one thing I want to say is. For those of you who, who, who have been on and been watching, and you're like, this is a very different format. Honestly, this is just two brothers coming together and just chopping it up, you know, and nuggets that just fall, fall in that space. Sometimes the formalized, let's script everything is not even necessary. But sometimes, let's be honest here. You know, we, we are, we are the, of that African tradition of dialogue and just talking. And let let things build to where they need to build to, and um and I listen. Guarantee we probably could go for another two or three hours just chopping it up, you know. But again, just know that you know this space here is 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 also supposed to be inviting for you to join in, in the conversation. But I'm gonna ask you know, brother Archie, you know, wh- final words. What 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 are the takeaways for from from this evening? That from all the things we talked about, anything particular that, that wants somebody to walk away with? Um, I, so again, uh, I apologize if things weren't as formal, you know, we can certainly do, I do a lot of formal events and, you know, I can do the well rounded vowels and all that. But I think that the best conversations are when you just get too close authentically 
uh, having a conversation about issues that, you know, impact a lot of us. And I think that um, if I wanted folks to be able to walk away with something uh, is uh, to say um, you have you have this whole life thing um, that you have to be able to live for yourself and taking care of yourself is absolutely utterly important if you have aspirations of taking care of uh, others that you deeply care about. And I care about a lot of folks. So when folks are, you know, wondering why I'm so into making sure that uh, I am okay, um, it's because I want to be able to continue to serve the the folks that I deeply care about. On that note, um, um, I'm in Memphis. I live outside of Baltimore now, but I'm in Memphis because I lost my grandfather last week. His funeral was yesterday. Uh, he was a titan of a man that had a sixth grade uh, education, but sent uh, any of his children to college that they wanted to go. And he um, uh, just lived an amazing um, life. It was just full of uh, so much uh, knowledge. Uh, you know, he probably should have been a first black senator in Mississippi, but um, you know, again, um, the, the other kind of big takeaway is uh, for people out there that don't think they owe folks, there are, there are so many people that we owe to be our best that we just need to make sure that we pay that silent debt by uh, putting in the work. Uh, and again, it ain't cotton field work, folks. So get out there and, and be your best, do your best and create opportunities for yourself and for others, don't do it alone. Don't don't move up alone. Uh, uh, make sure others are moving up with you, and just make sure that you're honoring your ancestors and other folks' ancestors by uh, again trying to become the best version of yourself. So I got for everyone. Y'all be well. Be safe. And uh, thank you so much for that. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna piggyback on on uh, what you said by saying. Um, the, the running theme for me through this conversation has been the fact that, you know, so often we shy away from being authentically who we are, you know, and, and yes, fact, fact of society, sometimes we got to wear the right mask for the right situation, you know, but, but the goal is to no longer wear that mask. So, so whether it's, is throwing them J's on with your suit and because that's what you feel comfortable in, whether it's, you know, um, being okay with just being, you know, truthful about what you're experiencing in whatever circumstance it is. It does bother me that we have a lot of teachers out there who are in, who are in schools or who are in situations, even administrators who are miserable, miserable, and they, and they do it in silence. And my thing is, if you're gonna be miserable, might as well have fun too. Be yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, laugh, enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and if and if you're in a situation where that's not permitted or you make to feel weird because you want to be joyful, then listen, there is, in New York City alone, there's 1,800 schools in New York City. So now multiply that by across the state, across multiple states, across the country. Like, you don't have to be spaces where, you, where, you're, not, where you're not welcomed. You know, and, and it's funny because now I got Nicole Hannah Jones in my brain, and that situation, she walked, she went to Duke with millions of dollars, you know, and they didn't, they, they didn't do right by her. She and then eventually they did offer her that that tenure, and what she said, too late. <laughs> I'm gonna take my talents to Mecca, and she went to Howard. You know, sometimes we just gotta move like that, you know, and and 
yeah, it's just, you got to be happy. You got to be happy, you know. And again, I want to stand by, by Brother Archie by saying, you know, I'm not advocating that you walk away from what you love, but I do advocate walking away from what's making you sick. You know, you know, so, um, but with that being said, guys, listen, every Wednesday at 10 p.m., me and my brother going to be here chopping up, having a conversation. It's a free, it's a free flow format and join us. We, you just never know what we're going to be talking about. But on, on, um, on Sundays, I'm, I'm on there covering current topics in education. Then, um, then we have uh, Friday nights. I'm, I'm back on with teacher therapy where, you know, last last week was was actually kind of fun. People called in and literally shared what they're what they're going through in their spaces, what the cases, and left a lot of comments. So again, Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, join join the sneaker principal, but specifically on Wednesdays, this is Ivy Lug Hood Rats. Just letting you know, you never know what you might walk into. So I appreciate appreciate all of you guys who joined us this evening. Have an amazing night, and I'll see y'all soon. All right, peace.